0: Everybody, welcome back to TRB. That's right, it is the Resistance Broadcast, and we are here live right now on this Thursday evening, February 15th. We hope everyone had a wonderful Valentine's Day, and if you don't care about Valentine's Day, then forget I said it. Uh, <laughs> so here's where the fun begins, to quote Han Solo. As we talk about Star Wars news, we're going to get into all of the latest, including the big topic of the night, which is... Uh, everyone's favorites, or at least one of their favorites, Samuel L. Jackson uh, campaigning for a return of Mace Windu. And you can't blame him and you can't hate him because it's hard to hate Samuel L. Jackson. But we'll get into our thoughts on that and whether we think that will happen and also his comments and a lot of other stuff. Uh, But before we do, I want to say hello to James and Lacey. How are you guys doing? Uh, Did you guys do anything for Valentine's Day? And more importantly, because I don't care about that, Do you you have any thoughts about (laughs) the Empire's 25th anniversary, the big tease, and then the big reveal of the uh, Empire coverage of uh, an anniversary of a 25-year-old movie?
1: That was one of the funniest things you ever (laughs) said. I don't actually
2: (laughs) I'm going to go through them quick. Uh, We went out to the place that we do every year traditionally. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, when does Han Solo say, here's where the fun begins? Is that not famously Anakin that says that? Oh, funny you should mention that. So the very first
0: Star Wars movie, when they're evading the Star Destroyers, Han Solo says, here's where the fun begins. And then in Revenge of the Sith, probably has a little, hey, remember that? Anakin says, this is where the fun begins. And then everybody gave Hayden yeah. Christensen that quote forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't remember Han ever saying it so if we ever uh, did I blew it but if we ever did who are you again that would have been a nice like gotcha
2: oh yeah <laughs> um, as for the, the Phantom Menace 20th well actually it was sort of um, all of them they sort of did 25 years of prequels right um, I, there wasn't a whole lot I don't think we might talk a little bit about some of the stuff obviously the title of our thing is more about Mace Windu but yeah um, I don't know, Lacey. Did you think there was anything really big or takeaway? I didn't really. I don't feel like I learned much. A lot of stuff. I,
1: I first of all, I was right. That's what that little teaser was. You're welcome. Uh, Second of all, (laughs) that's what I said. I said it was going to be. Someone in the comments said.
0: uh, Someone in Twitter said, (laughs) "I don't want to take your heat. I'm going to give it right back to you." But I had to say this. Someone on Twitter. Was like, and they tagged me. They said, at Johnny Hoey nailed it, and he's always wrong with predictions. And I was like,
1: right. John, you were the person that was like, yeah. absolutely not. That's <laughs> no called <way>. <laughs> That's so dumb. Why would said- they do this?
0: I think I said it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, it would be so stupid if that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I don't think anything necessarily. I haven't got like read through everything yet. I'm sure there's going to be bits and pieces that I really enjoy. I think the thing that stuck out to me is the thing that stuck out to everybody, which is that beautiful photo of Hayden Christensen that goes to the shadow creator. It's just so perfectly high fashion yet. Star Wars yet call back to that poster from the Phantom Menace. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, Again, I am loving every bit of Hating Christensen getting his moment now because he totally deserves it. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. a prime example of people that get treated terribly in the spotlight. And so the fact that he's getting time now to be himself and enjoy the process and not to mention, he's got the craziest lightsaber skills
0: he, like, yeah, he's of really any good.
1: of the actors. Like he never stopped doing lightsaber things. Yeah um as for valentine's day i i got cookies for valentine's day which is like really great i love cookies um Mm -hmm. from this place Mm -hmm. called crumble cookies they're like a chain everybody knows them but Mm -hmm. like they totally messed up the frosting and it made me laugh because it's like (laughs) you had one job which was to put frosting on this cookie and the person was like um and then the other thing i did is i did a stupid game with my husband where we asked each other questions it was like one of those like card game boxes Mm -hmm. which so far my track record with these kinds of games is uh one breakup (laughs) and and then this with my husband so i was like well let's see how this goes oh
2: okay oh wow no 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 so So it's like like going to ikea
1: what ikea makes you break up
2: yeah that's a 30 rock joke but it's been a lot elsewhere
1: oh, oh, oh Yeah, no, actually, we like going to IKEA. Honestly, we both do. Um, No, the ultimate
2: test for couples is if you can make it through IKEA, then you can your relationship can.
1: Oh, I guess we're good then. Yeah, no, this was an old boyfriend in college. Like we played that game, and I guess he found out stuff he didn't like and dumped me. (laughs) So anyway, I risked it, and I was like, yeah, this could be fun. And what we found is the questions were kind of lame. They were like, if you were had a restaurant, what would you call it? Uh, If you were mermaids, what would you do in the ocean? And you're like. this? (laughs) How was this?
2: <laughs> if you could cheat on your spouse for one night, like yeah. like out of nowhere, just like immediate like tension.
1: All it taught me honestly is that I know Matt very well, which I should, you know, but like I really know him and he was caught off guard by how well <laughs> I answered these questions very quickly. Um I also realized that uh we both really like Steve Carell. Like they have these ones that you're supposed to match and like say an answer at the same time. And we're like, who's your favorite celebrity? And we're like, Steve Carell. <laughs> so, hey. but it was fun. It was a good time. Nice. Went yeah, on a bit cool. of a tangent. It was fun. Love for all. You know, you could, mentioned
2: that Anakin picture really quick. I want to say the other picture that I really like is Ian on the globe of electricity.
1: Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. That was very witty, clever that mm-hmm. they did that. I thought it was neat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I just uh, cooked up some steaks and mashed potatoes, and that's our tradition usually. do you do them.
1: that every year? Or do you do Yeah. It for- yeah.
0: Yep. Came so out good this good. year. Felt, felt good about it. Um, <clears throat> as far as the twenty fifth thing, um, yeah, I did think there was no need to tease that. I think you you saw what happened. People were expecting Obi Wan season two, mm-hmm. and then they just put <laughs> out the fan. They they just an Empire just announces the Fantastic Four cast with that photo. They didn't tease that as far as I know. So it's just like, you don't need, like, there was no need for that. Jeff was right
1: again, though. He announced that full cast like months ago. Yeah. Last summer, he named every person on that cast.
0: Yeah. Um, Who did
1: you say? Jeff Schneider.
0: Oh. The thing about the, uh, like, I saw people online getting a little feathers ruffled about that Ian McDarmid might not know about. Palpatine's cloning plans and stuff. And it's like, says all that. in the
1: thing
2: he yeah, it's like the dude's
0: an 80 year old actor who showed up to set and delivered lines like he's he's not going to know this stuff like it doesn't mean he doesn't care about doing the job. He did a great job coming back as Palpatine. It's like people need to like remember that it's like when people go up to actors and they're like, I can't believe you killed him. And it's like, well, I was playing a role and like like the the home alone mom, Catherine right, O'Hara. Yeah. I love her. She she's like, yeah, people come up to me and they're like, I can't believe you left Kevin at home twice. And she's like, well, I'm an actor and that was a movie. <laughs> I think my favorite.
1: Yeah, my favorite example of that was when I worked for Comic-Cons and they had a big X-Files anniversary panel. Oh, no. And David Duchovny was on stage and some guy got up and I'll never forget this. It was so funny to me. He got up and he was like in episode 38 on season whatever i don't know what that's the real numbers he's like uh you did a black <laughs> and white episode and when you walked into the kitchen you grabbed the chair and i really just wanted to know like what were you thinking when you grabbed that chair and everyone in the room was like silent and david dacofney was like you got to be kidding me like that what like that's your question although he said the f word he was like what the f wow. he was like <laughs> what kind of question is this? And then everybody kind of laughed and the guy was like, hey. and then the ruined
0: ne- that guy's life.
1: I know. And then the next <laughs> yeah. guy asked a question about like, would you ever do like more anthology episodes or something like that? And he's like, see, this is a good question. And I
0: was like, oh, <laughs> man. oh man. Were they were they <laughs> let back. me ask this real quick because I I mean next file is extra miles, but was it a fan asking it or was it like a media member?
1: Fan. In the audience, bad job. What were you thinking? And he was like, kind of, his voice was kind of shaking, so you knew the guy was nervous. So he's
0: probably like, I was was thinking about why would you ask
1: this question? He was like, What? (laughs) But it wasn't like, hey, in this big emotional moment where you're thinking, it was like when you grabbed this chair, I remember that so vividly.
0: (laughs) Crazy. Um. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, thank you to everybody who is joining us live. We are not doing Ask the Resistance tonight because we have a segment that we usually do on the Monday show that we're doing live uh, because it is fun to bring that up live because then you can put your answers in the chat and see if you agree with us and you can argue with each other and have a fun time doing that. Uh, So uh, super chats are available, though. So if you do want to support us that way, we will read that on the show and react to your comments there. Uh, but time to kick things off with that segment, and it is Will of the Force, and Lacey's going to run through it this time. I fear nothing for all this,
2: as the Force wills it.
1: Oh my goodness, I never do this segment. This is...
2: You, you can have it.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to read what the lovely John wrote here, which is, lovely. you know it, you hopefully love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is our segment, Will of the Force. We pitch questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in Star Wars. In addition to our questions, P, uh, I don't know why I said P, TRB
2: Patron. It's the we, we pitch.
1: <laughs> you read the wrong one. TRB Patron supporters can make it on the show by submitting their questions for the segment. Just like Daniel Ball said. What up, Daniel? He's a commander and he asked this question. Will the reported Lando movie take place before or after the events of Solo? James?
2: After. I think that is fairly certain to me. The only thing that l- let's... Uh, there's one thing that leads me all if you guys say it. But I think that most of the time when they're doing these like stories, even if they take place at random times, um, they're going to do... Um, the first one, and then the second one right after, and then if there's a third one, it'll be right after. I, I've, I don't, I can't think of any movie franchise that has continually gone one back every time or anything weird like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think definitely after.
1: Hmm. John.
0: After, yeah, I think that it makes just way more sense for that to be the case um, and then you could incorpor- incorporate you know, Han, Chewie, Kira and follow up some of those threads and maybe stick Lando right in the middle of it what if Lando is sort of the linchpin to the war that happens between the syndicates you can get sort of that follow up that people have been looking for that John Kazan wrote the treatments for center-, center it around Lando who's not tied to any of them and we've seen Lando work with Empire when he needed to work with Rebels when he needed to that could be an interesting thing to do. So I, I say 100% after um, for every reason possible.
1: Interesting takes. I'm going to say the opposite. I don't think it will take place before Solo because when they originally announced this series. That's what which we're is saying. Now, yeah, I know. You're saying it's taking place after Solo. Yes.
0: Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. I'm saying I don't think so. I'm saying the opposite. It will take place before Solo because when they announced the series, they showed the Millennium Falcon when it was all pretty and wonderful and not messed up. And I think that's where this is going to go because they have the whole setup with uh, Lando with his feet up talking about the Calrissian Chronicles. And I think that that's a prime example of like a setup for him to do all these things Mm. prior with those adventures leading into solo. And then you don't have the pressure of having Alden and Kira and all those kind of things that you need to tie up. That doesn't mean you can't hint at them in the series that then lead to something else. That's because all of, obviously I want solo to happen. I just think that this series is going to take place prior to solo.
2: So the millennium Falcon was my thing. I was like, that he would have he could have the millennium falcon if they did it earlier but it's funny that you mentioned kira they can have kira in it because kira knows lando that's how they met
1: they can i mean that's how she
2: took him to lando because they had already met
1: yeah Yeah. they can i'm saying they don't need to if they do everything prior they don't have to have her in it. so there's no pressure to get her or alden or anyone else Cause they can just do it in advance of everything at different locations and for his chronicles or whatever it is. He's like, I think he's on what chapter five in his thing. So Hmm. he could talk about whatever situations he's in and then it could focus more on like him kind of swindling people and how he got to the point that you meet him in solo where he's like this very well known, well known sportsman that like everybody's aware of what he's doing.
2: Right. Let us know in the chat what you guys think
1: next up is a question from us not patrons which is will will you be seeing the phantom menace when it returns in theaters this may now if you guys haven't gotten a chance definitely check out on youtube and our social channels like instagram and tiktok john put up a video about his experience seeing the phantom menace in 1999 it was really cool check it out let me know what you think let us know what you what you think uh, but I'm going to start with John now. John, will you be seeing it again with your buddies reenacting that day? In I don't
0: May? any of them anymore, and they know why. Um,
1: <laughs> Wait, what?
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. Um, no, you know, I was going to say no. I, I went and saw the Phantom Menace when he came back with George Lucas's 3D thing he started doing before he sold the company in, in 2012. Uh, so, I was going to say no, but I'm starting to think that I may give this a shot and have that be Johnny's first movie. Take a <gasps> oh
1: my God. He's going to love it. That is such a good little kid one. That yeah. was my favorite in the prequels when I was growing up, too. Like, it was because it came out right after Titanic, right? 1999. Yeah. It was like yeah, two such years, years. a fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah so, I'm going to say leaning towards yes but not definitively
1: mm, okay james
2: um i think i probably will uh i had a friend that i don't get to see very often pop in and say hey did you see the Phantom medicine is coming back to theaters and i was like oh that just feels like an opportunity to be like we should go see it so i might already have uh something on the schedule with a friend of mine um and uh i don't know it's John said that he had gone and seen it recently, but I haven't, I haven't seen any of the star Wars movies 12 years ago. Well, well I know, but I mean like even before that, since they were in theaters, you know? Mm. Um, so, and actually the, yeah, I went and saw, I think two of the special editions. I, I don't even, I don't think I went and saw empire. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Return of the Jedi. I don't remember which one. I feel like I saw two of them though, and and one of them was for sure the first one. I definitely saw that one, but I don't remember which of the sequels I saw.
1: Nice. The Phantom Menace is my favorite of the prequels, so I think I'm definitely going to try to go see it because I haven't been able to see the other movies that have come out recently just because I was like pregnant, and then it was you know whatever. But I think. At this point, will be a good time for me to take a break one day. Maybe I'll third wheel with John and Johnny <laughs> to go see it. <laughs>
0: oh, you bring the pretzels.
1: I will. I will bring my Bavarian legend uh, to the theater <laughs> to enjoy this May. Uh, let's
0: um, let's uh, grab this super chat that just came in because it's pretty topical.
1: Totally. So, of course, it wouldn't be an episode without Freezy. There 2324. Thank you so much for the super chat. He said, if George Lucas knew how much better received the prequel would eventually become years later, do you think he would still, still would have sold Star Wars? I'm going to kick this off with, I don't think George would, if he had time, if George had the time to go back in time, if he had the chance, he would not sell Star Wars. That's what I think. What do you guys think think
2: you're probably right? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think in general, I think we've sort of come to the, the understanding that the reason he sold it was because a lot of the movies he had worked on were not received well, including Indiana Jones four. And he was just like, you know what, if you guys don't want to see my movies, then fine, I'm going to go make movies for myself. Yeah.
1: I think it's also known from Bob Iger's book that he was promised something very different uh, when he sold sold Lucasfilm than what he got from the way they handled the transition to what the consulting thing that he was kind of promised to the treatments of the scripts for the sequel trilogy. I think he thought it was going to go very differently than it went.
0: Yeah, and, you know people talk about, you know, presidential popularity and how that changes over time. And like, you know, Jimmy Carter is looked at more favorably now and uh, than he was when he was president. And like the same thing with George Lucas, if you go back to when he sold it, I don't think George Lucas was all that popular with Star Wars fans at that point hmm. um, after the prequels. And the prequels were very maligned. And I know like people are trying to revise history, but there's documented interviews and footage of even and McGregor saying like, yeah, I was in the bad ones. You know, like it's, I'm glad he's come around because the fans have come around, but even the actors and Allie Portman, they weren't happy with what, how those movies turned out at the time. Um, So I, but I, I do think George Lucas probably regrets selling it. I think he wishes he finished his story at least with his idea for sequels Mm -hmm. and everything you hear from people who talk to people who still have, you know, an ear to close to George Lucas is he's, not all that thrilled with the things that they've made um now that doesn't change how i feel about those things but when you hear similar things from people who don't know each other um who are relatively connected closely it has to mean something so i think with but- the
1: exception of solo and like the mandalorian are the only things that he's like probably somewhat interested in and or happy with what came out of it
0: rebels i wouldn't like be-
2: anything dave did maybe I was yeah. going to say maybe Ahsoka too. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about the time he sold it as well is he sold it right in the middle of working on Clone Wars. Like it was like yeah. the show was like oh, was, abruptly ended. Yeah. They, and it's they like, what was going months. on that he was yeah. like, you know, he's currently working on Star Wars and it's been going for six seasons. And he's like, uh... I'm going to sell the company. It's over. Done. (laughs) We're not even going to finish this show. I don't know, man. It's a strange thing that Mm -hmm. that it kind of happened when it did in retrospect.
1: Well, Freezy, we hope you enjoyed our answers. Thank you for the super chat. Now we're going to get back to, if my mouse will click, Will of the Force. You need a new mouse. I really do. Oh, there we go. Thank you so much. It's live. Uh, all right. So next we have a Patreon submission from our general Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. What up, man? He said, we could see a Disney Plus show or movie showing, or could we see a Disney Plus show or movie showing The Path? Possibly the Mandu... Man- i always say mandu mando grogu movie or ahsoka season two and who would you want to see in it i'd love to see Ventress and voss thanks so i'm gonna switch this up a little bit and it's will we see a disney plus show or movie showing the path and will <laughs> it have Some Ventress of those characters Vos, or yeah yeah starting with you john
0: Uh, no, we will not. Uh, the path will be expanded upon in a comic book series, and it will feature Quinlan Voss. Right. And a very niche group of fans are going to go bananas over that. Um, and I think it'll be cool to see Quinlan Voss, but I don't, I think they're shying. I think they're shying away from Disney plus series going forward, less alone, less, uh, something very, um, narrow focused like this. Uh, so I'm going to say
2: no. To this specific question
1: right james this
2: question came up and it made me feel bad because i have not finished the storyline the watch the videos or know what exactly what happens in jedi survivor but i mm. think that if you're ever going to see the path my understanding of maybe where that story goes is that he may be involved in that to some degree I could be wrong on that. And people who know are like, yes or no, (laughs) I don't know. I think that's the case, but it could be the case. I think maybe timeline wise. So it'd be nice to see, uh, Cameron do his character and this be part of that story. And then you can bring in some of these characters, maybe Ventress, maybe Voss, um, around that storyline that's somewhere in that Obi-Wan world.
1: Mm Mm-hmm
2: or era, you know what I mean? I think that could be cool. But I I need to finish Jedi Survivor.
1: JJD, what up, man? I don't think (laughs) that they will. I think that was kind of like a subplot to a bigger series. I agree with John that it could be a book or a comic series. I don't know if they'll take the time to invest in a movie or TV series, especially since what we've seen in the past six to eight months is them reworking the whole schedule with the Mandalorian movie and everything. Um, Their priorities are trying to do stuff that everybody relates to and everybody's interested in, even the casual fan that might be like just into baby Yoda. So I can't see them being like, yeah, let's dedicate it to the path because the common question would be like, what is the path? What are you talking about? Um, I think it's cool to see. But I don't think that will happen. Um, and so our last question for Will of the Force this time is will Lucasfilm bring Mace Windu back from the dead and reveal he survived the events of Revenge of the Sith? We're gonna give a one-word answer. James. No. John. Nope. And I'm gonna say no as well because oh. it's not to be a bummer, but I just feel like they're bringing everybody back, and his death was so important. So bringing him back, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But that's it for Will of Force, and now we're gonna head into Resistance Report.
2: All right, guys, let's go. It's the Resistance. Yeah. See, here's the thing is I knew that when we were talking about the 25th anniversary of the prequels up at the top, we did have this other story that we were going to dive more deeply into later when we got to resistance report. And that is the fact that when Samuel Jackson was doing his interview with Empire, they were asked, you know, or they asked him like, what do you think? Like, would you want to do a Disney plus series or movie or, or, you know, anything relating to Mace Windu still being alive? And he's like, Definitive answers. Absolutely. Yes. Anything all that he's alive. He's yelling, you know, it's all caps and everything. Um, so, you know, I it's funny, I was uh, making the thumbnail for this and we talked. We had the almost this exact like title and thumbnail and everything. This whole discussion like two years ago, it's like he keeps ringing that bell and i think we were pretty decidedly all the same votes even back then not much has changed i don't think this is moving forward but i don't know let's talk about it i'm going to start with you lacey if 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 you don't mind sure. what are your thoughts on the samuel jackson push that he keeps doing to try to manifest this uh, show or this you know the storyline of his character from 20 years ago 23 some
1: i think it, it it is a couple things I think he had an amazing experience with star Wars. He truly loves star Wars. He's been, you know, constantly talking about it, whether it's with John boy, Boyega or whoever uh, that he wants to come back. He's never let this go. And I don't blame him because he wants to be a part of it. So he thinks if he keeps bringing it up, someone's going to be like, you know what? Why don't we? Cause he's seen it happen. And we if as fans have seen it happen with numerous people that they kind of talk about it into action, into fruition um i think there's definitely a paycheck attached to this so we can't ignore that either <laughs> that he wants that disney money and i don't blame him because he's getting the marvel the marvel money so why not the star wars money as well um but i personally think it's just kind of i don't know if this is the right it, it is the right phrase but it sounds worse than what it is which is like beating a dead horse like i feel like his character died. And it's such a crucial part in the story for Anakin's turn that he dies. Um, that it would take away from the seriousness. And as we've talked about several times with different characters coming back to life. And you guys know how I feel about the whole Ben Solo's death thing. And I've been told like, oh, well, a death is, is important, Lacey, because a sacrifice means something. It shows that there's, you know, weight to it and that it it matters within the universe and it's high risk. Well, if you keep bringing everybody back, then that goes against every point that you guys are arguing, which is that these deaths mean something in the bigger story. So that's why I think he can't come back and he shouldn't come back, uh, despite him wanting to come back. Now that doesn't mean that he can't play a different character if they like dress him up or put him in an alien outfit or something. Or I know we joked about it on our Patreon. Yeah. Our Patreon episode (laughs) that's coming out soon. Uh, john had said like what if it's his brother And it's like sure. i didn't
0: say that james i think james, oh, said, james
1: that. said that. one of you said that and we were joking about how that's i like think it truly- was a pay- yeah yeah we were talking about how it could truly could be like a soap opera spin you know oh it was his mm-hmm. brother uh but yeah it's just a lot of explaining to do otherwise if you have him stick around like where was he this whole time uh why wasn't he helping yoda came back why didn't he come back why didn't you know Obi-Wan came back, too. So it's just it gets really muddy. And I think it goes against what George was trying to do when he did die. Um, so I'm sorry, Samuel L. Jackson. It's you need to let this one go.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of the things that's tricky. Like, you know, Boba Fett died, but when the current canon kind of reveals the story that he didn't actually die, you know, and and this is what they would be doing with Mace Windu. It's not so much like bringing him back. But to me, this story and Samuel L. Jackson wanting to do this feels similar to, and maybe that means it is happening, Ewan McGregor, when it felt like it was more of like, a am here, I'm available, I want to do it, and if we don't do it, then it's just a missed opportunity. So if the show ever surfaced for me, if that announcement ever came, it would feel like they're only doing it because, and then this is the reason, because he wants to do it, and you're going to miss that opportunity. And it it's not actually a story that's necessarily warranted. It's just a... Hollywood thing where people are talking and they're making money and they're making deals and we're going to tell this story. And I'm like, I don't know. I I think people like the character. And I I mean, I obviously love the character, but how many people really want that to be a storyline where he comes back and he's been missing and not involved and turned into a nomad or something like where, what was he doing? You know, I, I just, I don't think it fits. And I think Lacey's right that it, well, she didn't say this specifically, but I do think it's Samuel Jackson just being like, "It's all fiction. Like, who cares? Like, I want a job, and I and I loved the character, and I'd love to play him again. How cool would that be? Uh, you know, fans get more Star Wars. I get more money. I get to play the character again. That's a personal thing. Like, it seems a hundred percent for him. Um, but I I don't really I don't think that we the fandom all want that and i hope disney also recognizes that john what are your thoughts um yeah i think
0: i don't know how serious samuel L. jackson is about this right now i mean let's not forget like he has looked the same for the last 40 plus years (laughs) but he's like 78 he's like he's literally like george lucas's age now and it's like what are they going to do with an old Mace Windu. Uh, are they gonna have to spend money to DH him? And like and and again, what is the story? Ultimately, it's not gonna happen because I think it really upends what that whole death meant for Anakin's turn and Palpatine's unlimited power. And it's like those two, that was their first combined effort as master and apprentice to take out the Jedi. It was like this big moment. Anakin falls to his knees, says, what have I done? It's like, if he survived, then it's like, not that much, actually. (laughs) Yeah, not that much at all. So I think that really undoes something that George Lucas purposely put in there for the fall and turn of Anakin. Um, So I don't think they'll touch it for that reason. The same way I don't think they'll make special editions of the prequels because George Lucas doesn't want them to do that. So, I think that's just, I think it's just not going to happen for those reasons. Um, And then you think about like his voice is in at the end of Rise of Skywalker. So, we'll assume, as we've believed, that that means he did die before those events. Uh, So, when did he die? Like, how come we hadn't heard about it since? It's just like it would all be just to serve, like you said, James, the actor wanting to return. And it's to me, I think he's being tongue in cheek about it. I don't think he's being that serious about it. I think he's just doing Samuel Jackson yelling things that he likes to do. Um, If they came to him with an offer, he would sign up because like Lacey said, paycheck and he has fun doing it. But I think this is a a nothing story and I would be shocked if this happened. And honestly, I'll go as far as I'll be dramatic about it. I'll go as far as to say if they did this, this would be Star Wars jumping the shark. I think if there was some like reveal at the end of a show and a cloak, (laughs) comes a hood comes off some character and it's this big bald head and it's Mesa Windu. I think people will be like,
2: I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) One interesting thing about, one interesting thing about the timeline too, is that it's been 20, 25 years since the prequel. So we can play kind of in a, you know, five year span or whatever that would put it roughly around the time of the original trilogy. So like Rogue One to the, you know, that time between Mandalorian and uh, Return of the Jedi, that little like brief area afterwards. So it's like during that span, I think it'd be strange to try to do a Mace Windu show during the original trilogy. It just doesn't, so strange. Yeah. But that's why we think it's probably not going to happen. And speaking of things that are probably not going to happen... Uh, Ben Mendelsohn was recently doing an interview with uh, the Italian publication Bad Taste and was asked about Orson Krennic, uh, his character from Rogue One, and if he would ever like to play that character and, and, you know, return to it, what was cool about him. And, you know, he saw I love the character and here's the cool thing. I think there's some amazing stories, but he does say specifically that he has not been at this time contracted and in, in by Disney in any way or contacted. So this completely shuts out his connection with Andor season two. Um, unless he's lying. We can always go that route. But I honestly think that if we've gone this long without hearing rumors or uh people leaking that he's involved, um and he is saying he's coming out to say that he's not contracted and has not reprised the character. I think this is a good sign that he just wasn't asked. You know, he just was not involved in the season two story. Uh, John, what do you think about Ben Mendelsohn's comments on how he's not re- returning to Orson Krennic anytime soon? I think he's lying. Ooh, I
0: think he's in and or season two. I don't. I don't know that he's in it a lot. But it would not shock me at all if he shows up at the end, which is the you know, the last because they're they're dedicating three episodes of season two to a year. So four years before World One, three, then two, and then one. So the last three will be that final year. I think it would be kind of cool to because he's he does TV. So this isn't like one of those things like, oh, this is below me. And right. Tony Gilroy always said, like, I'll bring people back if it makes sense. And th- with this character, it does make sense because you have all these Imperials that we're just meeting in Andor, like Daedra Miro, and the the that that crew. I think it would be kind of cool if he came in and undercut her and like took her out because we've seen her torturing people and she's very despicable. Uh, that would be an interesting play, and then we can sort of see where he ends up going into Rogue One because they keep talking about we're going to see how Cassian gets to where he is and K2 heading into Rogue One. Let's see the dark side of that. Let's see, let's see the Empire side of that. Let's see how Krennic got to where he's at, maybe even mentioning you know, how he's tracking down Galen Erso. It could, it, could, it could add nice layers to the introduction of Rogue One. It doesn't need to be a Krennic series. It doesn't need to be a Krennic movie. He's a supporting small character. He's like mm-hmm. a Tarkin. Have him in a little bit of Andor at the very end, closer to the events of Rogue One. And I think he probably is because they said they're bringing people back for that season and it would make sense for him to return much quite the opposite of Mace Windu returning and trying to sandwich him in somewhere. This actually makes sense. I think he's full of it. I think he's lying. So uh, and I hope he is because he's great. I like him in everything he's in, whether it's a two line part or a big part like in Bloodline. Uh, so I'm hoping he's full of it and I'm hoping he is showing up in indoor season two.
2: Yeah, his exact quotes are, as for being contracted by Lucasfilm for a new project, contacted. I can tell you- Oh, uh, as for being contacted by Lucasfilm for a new project, I can tell you that no, I have not been approached for something like this. But if John is right and he's lying, he also made a bunch of comments about, you know, what you need to understand about a character like Krennic is that he <laughs> had the chance, if he had the chance, he would have tried to take out the take over the entire game and it seems to me that this aspect has not yet been explored sufficiently. So it kind of makes it seem like that would be where he was at, um, leading up to rogue one Lacey, what are your, com- what are your thoughts on Ben Mendelssohn? and do you agree with John? Do you think he's misleading everybody?
1: Yeah, I think he's lying. I, Ooh. I think that. He's not doing it in a malicious way or to make people feel bad. I think he's doing it because he's signed an NDA and he can't tell the truth. And instead of playing this, like, I don't know game, he's trying to just be like, no, because they're trying to save the surprise. If we know one thing, Lucasfilm and Disney love a good surprise and they love a good reveal that everybody's going to be on social media talking about. So I would guess that he probably is in it. We've seen Liam Neeson terribly lie on live television about being a part of it. It We've seen online Hayden Christensen clips from interviews where he said that it was hard for him to lie about being in Ahsoka and keeping it to himself and like having to dance around it in interviews and even people from Lucasfilm Publication, you know, PR team being like, yeah, Hayden felt so bad about that. Like he felt so bad not telling the truth Um, so to me, that says that they're just saying, Hey, say no. And that's it. Don't talk about this. And it doesn't matter if you lie or not. I think as soon as Liam Neeson lied, (laughs) it opened up the door to (laughs) everyone else to, to blatantly lie. I think up until then, all the actors were kind of dancing around it and they were like, Oh, I don't know. I would love to do that. I mean, anyone did
2: that before, um,
1: Ewan did, but if you go back and watch his interviews, he never says no. Like, he never blatantly goes, No, absolutely. Like, I was not, I'm not a part of that, which is what Liam Neeson did. Yeah. And then he did that. And then Lars Mickelson was like, No, absolutely. No, of course not. And then he was. So I think it's just off the table that a no means no. And I'm going to say that it makes total sense in the story that he comes back and it would be a total missed opportunity. Uh, using the wise words of Mark Hamill, hashtag missed opportunity to not yeah. have French back leading into what is supposed to be right up to Rogue One.
0: Yeah. I they gotta like if he's in it and they're waiting for this big surprise reveal, like stop doing that. Like I love <laughs> Ben Mendelson and I think it'd be awesome to see him. I think it'd be even cooler if you told me he was coming back. For and was Red allowed War. to be
1: on the press tour. Right.
0: Because you probably get more people watching it and yeah, he'll get to talk about the character, and you can flush that out. Remember when he showed up? What was it the, that whatever that celebration was, where he was all decked out in his gear and he was
1: he wore the cape. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, like, I think it'd be a waste a wasted opportunity in terms of the reveal if they waited for in show and then they're like, "Here he is!" I'd be like, "Okay," like you could have just told us we could have went on this ride with him, you know? Yeah, so I agree. I I hope they're changing the the turning the tide a bit on everything has to be so protected because let us in a little bit so that we can enjoy the buildup with you and you don't have to like, like you were saying, Lucasfilm PR people don't have to make up these uh, stories to cover it. And like the actors don't have to cover it. And we could all just have a good time with it and it still
2: doesn't ruin anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his comment is interesting too. Like, and I hate to dissect something, but if we're going to look at it, he does say, as for being contacted by Lucasfilm for a new project, meaning like, Right. He can almost sort of like believe his own lie because he says, as of today, Lucasfilm has not contacted me for a new project. Yeah. Because about he's already running. done. Filming. He hasn't. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't. He's already done filming the project that he's like. me. Yeah. Should. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, guys. I hope, I hope that he's in it. I mean, part of me thinks that they could pull it off without him being there because, when you watch Rogue One it feels like that's the first Andor's ever hearing about the Death Star and and you know Krennic I don't even know if he was like looking for this character Andor I I, I just think maybe that's the first time they've ever interacted I I I think that they could do the show without him and it, and it wouldn't be terrible but then it's like why not you know and I, I don't know anyway Um let's talk about our last story um it is about the Mandalorian and Grogu potentially starting production in June. And the reason we say potentially is because it was it is a story by Collider. So it's not like necessarily an official thing, but sources close to the project say that the, uh, the, the movie is going to start uh, their production in the coming months, uh, in, starting in June. And so I think I'm going to bounce right back at uh, Lacey for this one. Any thoughts on the Mandalorian Grogu starting by June?
1: Uh, my thoughts are this is probably true. Wouldn't surprise me. They're trying to get out ahead of... Wait, no, I take that back. Rewind. It's kind <laughs> of... <laughs> it's kind of determined with Pedro Pascal's schedule because he just announced his whole Marvel Mr. Fantastic and that's coming out in 2025 so I would assume that Disney's got priorities and their priorities are you need to get that one done first and then the Mandalorian and Grogu now I'm going to be honest they probably heard this before that announcement and that probably was the case and I could see them reworking that and not having him do that uh, to do Marvel instead Hmm. And that's the problem: is that Pedro Pascal is so booked and busy that they have to fit it perfectly. But this isn't coming out until 2026, so they have time. Whereas the Marvel ones coming out next year.
0: Imagine being Pedro Pas- Pascal's agent, and every actor is like, "Can you be my agent, please?"
1: Seriously, he's got <laughs> what? Last of Us, Marvel, Star Wars. He he's booked a rom com. He's got Chris Pratt's recently. agent. No, he just booked a <laughs> rom com with um. What's his name? I'm blanking right now. Chris. David Twimmer. Not Chris Pratt, the other one, Captain America. Uh, Chris, oh, um, not Chris
2: Pine either. DB <laughs> DB Semi.
1: No, the other Chris. Um, what's his name? I'm blanking. Oh my god. Whatever. Captain America. So it's him. It's not
2: Chris Hemsworth. And
1: Dakota Dakota Johnson. So they're doing a rom com. So that's another thing that he that's just it. booked. Evans. Yes. Yes. Um. So like, yeah, he's just got a line of work to do. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't see it starting in June. Sorry, guys.
0: I love that Pedro Pascal is acting in every show and movie in production today except The Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he will, though, because this is the I feel movie. like such I a jilted
0: lover. <laughs> like, we just want you to be on our show. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I, my original thing was, yes, of course, but then I just remembered that the, yesterday this announcement came out.
0: I, my, yeah, go ahead, James.
1: My only
2: thing with what you're saying, Lacey, is that the, the Mandalorian's production revolves around Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, it never has. I feel like if they, they, they're going to do their movie the way that it is. And then whenever they need him for whenever they need him, they'll, him in they've and got that's time
1: possible as well like they could shoot the whole movie without him and then have him do voice work that's totally true i'm saying yeah. like if they're expecting to have him for this that's not happening i'm just
2: saying even if they did the whole movie and then like the scenes that they plan on him being without his helmet or whatever they they would be like well we'll shoot those later but production still can start in june that being said i still think like june is too soon like well, i feel like, like all of this Earthman. stuff with the the naming of the movie or like the announcement and everything, it all came very quickly. And then they're like, we're getting started like this year 2024. The movie comes out in 2026. You're starting production. I mean, that makes sense. I guess, I guess it does. But when I, when I hear production, I was thinking filming because they're are, they're probably already working it on it. Yeah. What? That's what I think it is. I say too soon. I'm with Lacey. Too soon. I. But John, you're better at these calendar for production stuff than, than well, we are, only, I
0: think. only because we saw what happened with, like, The Force Awakens. It started filming a year and a half before release, and how, you know, a little less than a year of uh, post production, they went up to the wire. Same thing with the subsequent movies, uh, Rise of Skywalker, because uh, they got rid of. Um, trevorrow and they brought jj in and had to redo the script and they had a script in february and then the movie was coming out a year and 10 months after that there was like oh and they were changing that movie up until the final cut so with this we'll give it time i think it makes sense to start filming it's going to be less than two years before the movie comes out give Favreau time for post-production reshoots maybe they're like yeah. you know what we do need to add a scene here with Pedro. Uh he's actually free now and we'll bring him in and we'll do this scene. Um I think he's, he's just not a be... Woman 3. Yeah, he's just not going to be in it a ton, <laughs> I think. Uh but you know, it, to me the timeline makes sense to start filming in June on this and it's I saw Brendan Wayne on Instagram talking about how he's fired up for the movie, so they clearly got him locked in to assume that role again um i just hope i think we still will get pedro pascal on screen it just may be for that big final moment sort of how we got at the end of season one of the mandalorian my only thing is if they do this big bad movie and it's that makes a lot of money and it's critically received and fans love it how do you go back to doing a manhattan beach volume filmed see like season after that. So I think this has to be the end of the Mandalorian. So if that me, if the movie is filming starting in June, I think there's no more season four. I think this is it.
1: I think season four was done. The moment they announced this movie, everyone kept saying it was happening and I'm sitting there going, no way.
0: Yeah. I think like the Lando thing, they're not converting things, but they're like, stop dead in your tracks. We're reworking the future of this story to a movie and that's what's happening with mandalorian so i i think this is this if this is legit i'm happy about it because once they start filming a star wars movie that's when i start feeling really excited so
1: right
2: yeah well um i mean i think that's all of our thoughts on that particular thing i i i guess my my only last thing is just i just I'm not really good with those production schedules like that, but it feels to me like after somebody just said, Hey, you know, you've been working on season four and we're ripping that away from you and you got to start a movie and you've got three months to get it together. <laughs> you know, it feels a little, oh, and by the way, you were probably planning on including Carl Weathers. He's not even in it anymore, you know?
1: Oh, that Super Bowl it's... ad that he was in was so hard yeah. to watch.
2: Yeah, but it. <laughs> I don't know. Just and and to clarify, because I saw a comment come across too. it's like too soon. And I mean, I, too soon to, to start <laughs> filming it. I want it to come sooner. You know, I don't. Um, and I not, don't think it's
0: too soon to start filming. I think it's right on. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, like, that's going to that's going to be it for resistance report. But um, we do have a couple super chats.
1: Is that right? We do. So first up, we have Matt Lawless. Thank you so much for the super chat. He said, hey, TRB, random thought. What if the Mando Grogu movie is mostly telling their origin stories? That's how we could see prequel cameos. So, what do you guys think? I'm going to start with John. John, what do you think about it being a prequel story to the series?
0: Uh, I like that. I like the question, Matt. And thanks. Appreciate it. Um, I don't think that would work because then you're separating these two. And what makes this story work is them two together and their bond. So if you do origin stories, then you have to do that sort of like, I don't know, what's a movie where two characters like split up, like Sleepless in Seattle, where they're not really together at all. But you're seeing like, this is how he he was here and she was here. I'm on a rom-com thing lately. I don't know what's happening, but I I think I've always liked rom-coms and now I'm just open about it. I, I feel I feel good about it, but I think these two need to be together and it needs to be their bond growing. And we need to see the evolution of Grogu. We need to hear him speak. We need to see them going forward with this. I think we sort of got the backstories already. We saw how Din was adopted. Uh, We saw what happened to him. We saw Grogu getting rescued. We know what his backstory was being trained as a Jedi. I think that's enough. I think now it's time to move forward, continue the evolution of that bond between the two of them. And I think that pairing is what makes this very special because I don't know yet if just Mando or just Grogu works for me because for 99% of this, because they got back together so quickly in Book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett, they've been together. So right. uh, I I don't think that's the way they, they should go, but I it's a, it's a clever thought and I, I like that you came up with that. Thanks, Matt.
2: Mm. James? Matt, Matt, I think where your heart is at is that concept of, well, what if you didn't watch Mandalorian season one, two or three, what if you're not a Disney plus subscriber, you need to be able to come into the story as if these are sort of new and new characters being introduced. So what if we go back when, you know, nobody knows at this time, nobody knew these characters and we can all sort of get introduced to them again. But I think, um, I think John is a hundred percent, right. I think that's the reason that it probably won't happen. But even even to add to that, too, the place that we knew we suspect Grogu was in was in a bad, like, he wasn't doing anything. He was just getting passed around. And then if you cut over to Mandalorian, he goes back to being a really bad bounty hunter who, like, barely makes it through his missions, you know? It doesn't seem right. It seems like if the movie's called Mandalorian and Grogu then it's about Mandalorian and Grogu not separated.
1: Yeah, I agree with those statements. I I just think that this is not going to be a prequel because they want people at the end of the day to go back and watch what they've already done. They don't want to be like, oh yeah, no, we're letting you off the hook. They want people to get hooked on the movie and then go back to see what it's all about. Um, so I'm going to say it's definitely after, especially because it's going to then roll into other things like Ahsoka and... You know, the Dave Filoni movie, which now everybody's like, what movie is that? (laughs) No, because (laughs) it's different. Um, But thank you for the question. Really appreciate it. Uh, Next up is nerdy underscore Seb. What up, man? He just says, hello, guys. Hope y'all are doing well. Thanks. Appreciate it. This emoji. Hang loose emoji. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, And then we have David Ford. Hey, man, how's it going? This is his 10th super on a live stream. Thank you so much. This is 10th super chat. He said, after my sister saw me on Mayfair Witches Season 1, Episode 6, she slapped me for taking part in a witch hunt. As Uncle George said, it's fun to be bad.
2: <laughs> right. So actually thank you blamed for their characters. David.
1: Well done, David. <laughs> and that is it for the Super Chats.
0: All right. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the show, find us. Just look up Resistance Broadcast in your favorite podcast app. Hit follow, whatever. It's free. And also, if it has a rating system, shoot us five stars. We appreciate that. And, of course, the okay. YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Resistance Broadcast. And Patreon. We said at the top, if you're a patron, you get on the show. Will the Force Style and a lot of other stuff. We have exclusive episodes right on our Patreon page. Additional podcasts all on there. Check it out. Tier Start at 5 bucks uh patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you are listening and you're still listening this late in the show, that means you dig what we do here and you aren't a patron yet, check it out at least. And maybe it's something uh that uh, suits your fancy. We'll see. Uh but a special thank you to our generals and spice runners on Patreon. Ger- uh, generals Carmelo, John Reese, jenna Rosewater, Frank grande Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Mike Romori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier dave hornak and jolton jedi dimaggio and the spice runners david Probus neil shaw kendall gellner andrew staley jeremy myers and the fort worthian and all of our patrons all of our listeners whoever you are thank you so much for making this such a fun little corner of the galaxy we appreciate it so much uh for me johnny hoey on social media and my movie podcast just like the movies uh we're doing rocky next A will tribute to carl weathers uh james how about you
2: Uh, You can find me on social media apps at Myra Trunks. And I guess I'll tell you about it on Monday. I'll remind you again. But Bad Batch is right around the corner, guys. And Bad Batch Reaction Show is returning. Um, So, you know, our social media reactions are out for episodes one through eight. We got those in advance. But be sure to see the full spoiler-filled review from me uh, on episodes one, two, and three uh, this Wednesday because they are going uh, to air three episodes in the first day
0: and maybe even on the audio podcast apps because i don't think we're putting on an episode next week so we'll talk oh right about that. um all right gilly you're up
1: hmm. people can find me on social media at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at it's Lacey Gillerin, and i'm super excited for monday's episode
0: yes i'm returning uh,
1: first of all you're welcome Yeah, Lacey is
0: back on Monday, and uh, we may have a guest with us. So stay tuned for an announcement on that. But we hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you all next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.